woman who loves her freedom. And I like a woman who can hold her own. And if you fit that description, baby, I want you to do. Welcome to Season 5 of Days After Dark, 
Real Relationship Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, we're back. Happy New Year. I think, we, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? What day? What date, rather? January 6th. <laughs> Epiphany. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so since we're just resuming the first show for the new year, I'm going to say Happy New Year and that's it. You won't hear it anymore after this. I always wonder about that, though. When do we stop saying Happy New Year, right? But anyway, welcome to Season 5 of Days After Dark. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Moments With Me, and Days After Dark is streaming live on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. We have our live audience, courtesy of Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. We're going to go ahead leave our inhibitions at the door we're just gonna relax and enjoy engage in adult conversations share experiences and definitely learn from each other my co-hosts for tonight are Sinatra solo and marlon i might as well throw javette in right ladies my, absolutely absolutely yeah javette yeah, we might as well throw you in as a co-host <laughs> and she gave us the heart, right? So I'm gonna be um what's the word? Can't think of the word right now. But <laughs> I'm gonna be bossy, I'm bright. <laughs> you're very bright. What you're just doing, that's I'm very facetious. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much, ladies. Here at Days After Dark, we believe that the building blocks of any relationship are communication, love, intimacy, friendship, and yep finance tonight the conversation is all about entitlement and it really embodies tonight's conversation embodies all the building blocks communication love intimacy friendship and yeah finance mm -hmm. but we're honing in on entitlement so i'm gonna play a clip if you would just humor me please I hope I pulled up the right one. <laughs> Let's see if I can get it to play here. It was just dysfunctional from day one. Yeah. Gabrielle Union gets candid about her first marriage to NFL player Chris Howard. The actress opens up on an episode of the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard podcast, revealing the relationship was riddled with infidelity. That first go round, you know, okay. I definitely was not getting wife of the year awards okay good i had some focus issues sure 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 <laughs> sure, sure. You know? in our first marriage neither one of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating <laughs> and so keeping up with his activities and yeah, i was yeah. like oh that's what you're doing oh you're gonna feel this one right. and okay yeah. okay i just felt entitled to it as well i was paying all the bills i was working my ass off and it was just dysfunctional from day one yeah as for chris the former jacksonville jaguars player has no ill will towards his ex-wife he tells E! News, what I do know is that she appears to be very happy with her new family and she's continued to do very well with her career and activism. 
I wish her and her family nothing but the best. These days, Gabrielle and husband Dwayne Wade, who tied the knot in 2014, are raising a big fam full of love and support. And last year, the actress shared the most valuable knowledge she's learned since becoming a mom, saying on Instagram, the best parenting advice I've been given is to understand that no two journeys are the same. So try to do what's best for you and err on the side of love and compassion, because we're all just fumbling our way through the best way we know how. All right. So thank you so much, Trending News, for that audio clip. Thank you. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be chopping up tonight. We also have In a Daze with Rosolo and Marlon, and that's coming up later on. That's our relationship advice segment. We're all about relationships, period. So quick check-in. How's everyone doing? And I'll just go ahead and start with Miss Rosolo. Since you're right next to me, how are you? Good evening, everyone. I'm doing well. Um, I'm resting. <laughs> My pressure has been up for the past few days, so I'm just trying to take it easy. But I am doing well. Happy to be on season five of Days After Dark. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I look you. forward to another season. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm looking forward to, Rosolo? An in-person season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. You know me already. I'm ready. Whenever you say, let's go, let's go. <laughs> that is what I am so looking forward to. It's coming. It's it coming. coming. We're doing it soon. It's coming in 2023. I feel it. Yeah. It's coming. In you mean 2023? Oh, I thought you said 2022. I was like, girl, don't tell no, me. No, 2023. Okay. No, I would never take you back to 2022. You know, I'd never reverse the clock. <laughs> I would never reverse that clock. I'm looking forward to it. And uh it's gonna be exciting. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. You're trying to you're trying to bring you're gonna bring back up my pressure. No, yeah, no no no, not at all. <laughs> didn't realize, you know, that the thing wasn't turned down. I apologize. No, you're fine. You're fine, <laughs> DJ moments, you're fine, DJ moments. It happens. <laughs> yes, but um yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Definitely. All right, yeah. so Miss Nat, is it that it's that time of the evening for you? So I know Sonette is going to be limited. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, um, my husband is home and he is taking doing homework. So I am on the side doing my thing, saying hello to my friends over here, saying hello. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. Uh, it is. Um, in the kitchen, not on the side. She's still listening to me, even though she should be doing her homework. But you know what? We look like Anyway, um, all is well. I am going to probably not talk so much unless I go to a different room entirely. But yeah, I am well. Thank Hanging you. out in that beautiful kitchen of yours. By the way, I forgot to tell you earlier, I absolutely love your um, hairdo, your PTR. Oh, thank you. I got it. Yes, I was just time. thinking the same thing. I just looked at her PTR. Beautiful, Sonette. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank oh, you. I wish I could. I wish I could. Oh. Oh. Sonette, you have dimples? Uh, no. I, yes, I you do yes, have you a do. dimple. I have a, I, have a, I have a chunky little face, and maybe sometimes it looks like I have a dimple. <laughs> <laughs> don't have a chunky face. I'm sure. I'm don't sure. have it. Looks you like have a dimple. A dimple. Yeah. Oh, I would think it was cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful. But thank you for being here with us. Thank you for balancing it all. Right? So well. Miss Javette, you're home. 
I hope. Yes, I okay. am hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to have to put you in time out. <laughs> um, good evening, everybody. I'm a little drained from that last room. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, all, all that giddiness I had from Mr. Hudson, it just like fell to the wayside, but I'm here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you adding me to your mod list for days at, yeah. after dark. It's Thank only you so fitting. Much. And, um, can we make sure that to get together, if we can, be sometime at the end of any month? <laughs> sure. I, you know something? What I, I've been thinking, um, somewhere around my 50th birthday, which would be Labor Day weekend. I don't know. How does that work? That works as long as it's somewhere warm, because right now I'm freezing and I can't handle it anymore. So, so yes. So Labor Day week. Let me know. Let me jump That's on September. The... Ain't yeah. that September? Yeah, that is September. That's the first, the first weekend in September, or the, yes. the last weekend in August, or something like uh, that. It's the first weekend in September. That's a long weekend. You have Saturday. You have Sunday. You have Monday. Monday. Ooh, that works. <laughs> and Javette and I will be taking Tuesday. <laughs> that works. <laughs> No, unfortunately, <laughs> once it goes into the first week of the month, I'm messed up as far as accounting deadlines. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah. I kind of figured. I kind of figured that's why you were saying that. <laughs> yeah, so that's what that's um, fingers crossed. That's what I would love to do. I would love to have it happen and, you know, celebrate my big five oh <laughs> that way. Yeah. Damn, I can't believe I'm saying 50. I remember when I was small and looking at people who are 50 years old, I thought they were old. Old, very old. But <laughs> Not no, having sex. Are. They were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> now here we are. Welcome to the club. Soon to come join the club. Welcome, welcome. 50 and still having sex. That's all that matters right now, right? <laughs> but everything still works. Yep. That, everything that's still works. Look, I have five more years on y'all and everything's still working. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to keep it that way. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Donald, Sula, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. And, of course, when we get back, we're going to get into the business. Here is Kanye West with Heartless. I'm taught the coldest story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. How could you be so heartless? Oh, how could you be so heartless? How could you be so cold as the winter wind when it breeze, yo? Just remember that you talking to me, though. You need to watch the way you talking to me, yo. I mean, after all the things that we've been through. I mean, after all the things we got into. Ayo, I know it's some things that you ain't told me. Ayo, I did some things, but that's the old me. And now you want to get me back and you gon' show me. So you walk around like you don't know me. You got a new friend, well, I got homies. But in the end, it's still so lonely in the night i hear him talk the cold story ever told somewhere far along this road he lost his soul 
could you be so heartless? How could you be so Dr. Evil? You're bringing out a side of me that I don't know. I decided we won't gon' speak so. Why we up 3 a.m. on the phone? Why do she be so mad at me for? Homie, I don't know, she's hot and cold. I won't stop, won't mess my groove up, cause I already know how this thing goes. Tell your friends that you're leaving me They say that they don't see what you see in me You wait a couple months, then you gon' see You'll never find nobody better than me You're just tuning in to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Welcome to Days After Dark. If you're on Clubhouse and you're new to the space, please click on the greenhouse to join the club. Follow the moderators, follow each other and make meaningful connections. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm your host, Moments, and I'm joined by my gracious co-hosts, Sunette, Rosolo, Javette. Marlon isn't here yet. I know he is tied up. I hope not literally. Just a quick PSA, though. This show is being streamed live on Internet Radio and the Clubhouse replays are on. Please be reminded that this is a safe space and a no judgment zone. We're here to engage in adult conversations, share experiences, and learn from each other. How could you be so And that was Kanye West with Heartless. Thank you, Kanye, for that one. How could you be so heartless? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So tonight the conversation is all about entitlement. And I'm going to play a clip from YouTube. Um, yeah, I'm going to play a clip from YouTube. It is a fragment of a of an interview or a podcast that um, Gabriel Union was a part of in which she revealed some interesting information. So uh, let me see if I can speed it up here and get to the part, the, the good part. Let me cut out these people talking, not advertising their voices. Hold on, let's see. I think I've got it there. Hold on, let's see. Dax expressed complicated feelings of his own regarding his past. That uh, said, part of it you was and I like identical. I was keeping in... up with his activities. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's what you're doing? Oh, you're going to feel this one. Right. And <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. I just felt entitled to it as well. I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off. And I felt like that's what comes, the spoils of riches. Yeah. And like my dad before me, whoever has the most gets to do whatever the hell they want is what yes, i thought yes wow. yes 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 and yes. it was just dysfunctional from day one yeah gabrielle and chris were married in 2001 and separated in 2005. the bring it on actress is now happily married to Dwayne wade who she wed in 2014. the pair share one daughter together and are also so her father gave her the idea pretty much that who makes the money has the power but before we dissect that fragment, what does it mean to be entitled? So, of course, I think everyone knows me by now. Straight to Google. What does it mean to be entitled? The fact 
of having a right to something, the amount to which a person has a right, the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. So I had a follow-up question. What is an entitlement in a relationship? An entitlement in a relationship is when you decide consciously or subconsciously that what you want is so important to you that it outweighs what your partner may want. It is so important to you that it bypasses any effort to negotiate what you want with your partner. So, what is the root cause of entitlement? Well, according to Google, the sources of entitlement are not fully understood, but researchers have pointed to factors such as how people are treated by their parents and other authority figures, messages from the media, and other life events, especially those that make people feel that they are special. Now, Here's another one. Is entitlement a form of narcissism? Hmm. Although narcissism and psychological entitlement are correlated, they may predict different patterns of interpersonal relationships. So, it was hypothesized that narcissism is primarily about the self, while entitlement is about the self in relation to others. So, narcissism is primarily about the self, while entitlement is about the self in relation to others. So, I had to take a step back. I've been told in the past that I, I'm in, I think I'm entitled. I behave as though I'm entitled. And then, what was more shocking was actually hearing it from my mother telling me that I behave as though I'm entitled. And I'm like, whoa, hold up here. What's going on? So I'm replaying those conversations that other people have said to me, what my mother has said to me. And I'm like, whoa, hold on now. Am I really displaying that type of? behavior? I don't think so. But you know, they say you are how others perceive you, right? And if more than one person says it, there must be some truth to it. So it took me back. And I remember when she said it to me, I was like, no, 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 no. It was like a slap in my face. And I had to have an honest conversation with, with myself then. And realize that there was some truth to it. There was. Yeah. So I grew from that, thankfully. I learned and I grew. I hope. <laughs> I matured. Right? Can't, can't continue that way. Don't want to be, you know, crazy. But when I read this part today about narcissism and entitlement and the the correlation differences but they are they can be closely linked i'm like god forbid <laughs> i was looked at as being a narcissist thankfully no 
But if we step back for a second, have we, well, of course, I committed, I admitted to my sins. Have any of you ever felt at any time as though you were entitled or displayed any sense of entitlement? Be honest. Be honest. And if you haven't, that's great. Keep it that way. But if you have, and if you are currently in that state, we have work to do. So I was trying to come off my, but I couldn't find it being on the computer. <laughs> um, like I'm searching, searching. Anyway, I think, and we say entitlement, and which is a right, but at the same time, it's not all negative. Hmm. You're entitled to be treated well. You're entitled to be happy. You're entitled to a lot. Are you being a negative person who's like sharing your entitlement? You know, like we've been seeing people in the news who want to have a, examples only, a gender reveal party. So they set off a firework that then causes a fire that, that burns down thousands of people's homes. Are they entitled to having that party to burn would fire out in a dry place? No. Are you entitled to be Kanye West? Are you entitled to go on the radio and sprout bad things about about people who did nothing to you personally? No. no. It, it, yeah, we have to. It's. I don't want to entirely like. We're entitled to be happy. You're entitled to want to to feel good. You're entitled to want nice things, but at the detriment of someone else. That's when it's. That's when it's. It's like supremely negative. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's what I'm thinking. Great. I don't think I'm an entitled person, but I'm entitled to be happy in where I work and with whom I'm playing and having fun. Rightly yeah. so. Rightly so, Senator. And I, I'm glad you um, broke it down that way and highlighted that there is good and bad in everything. Nothing is wrong with feeling a sense of entitlement as long as it is not going to cause harm to someone else. Right. Yeah. So um, what are the signs of an entitled person? But before getting to that, uh, Sula asked in the chat, if it was dysfunctional since day one, what made her stay so long? And that's a great question, Sula. Because many of us stay in relationships we have no business in. Some of us get out and some of us stay. I have been in a marriage that I had no business in. I had no choice, but I also had no business in. Weird, right? I know it sounds weird. How do you mean you had no choice? I literally had no <laughs> choice. <laughs> I didn't have a choice, right? It was um, this or that. And I chose this to preserve that, <laughs> right? But many of us get into situations um, that we have no business in. For some, it is about lifestyle, being able to travel, drive a certain car, live in certain neighborhoods, go on shopping sprees, 
dine at certain restaurants, wear certain clothing, being able to brag. For some people, that's what it's about. For other people, it's just wanting to say, I have a person. I have a man or I have a woman. And then it doesn't stop there. I have a man who is XYZ or I have a woman who is XYZ. And they're quick to tell you about what the person does. Hmm. A lot of people get into those kind of relationships for the wrong reasons. And she said it. They had no business being together. Her, Their therapist said they had no business being together. There were no morals, no values, no scruples. They're in a marriage, but they were dating other people. But when I looked at the picture of them, they didn't even look. Hold on. They're at the top of the page, right? They didn't even look like a match. Even you click on the link, they don't even look as though they should be together. But whatever. <laughs> right? When you make a decision to get into a relationship, it's a partnership. It's no longer you riding the single bus or riding the solo bus. If you're getting in it for the right reason. Now, if it's, an, if it's a business agreement, a business arrangement, that's a whole nother story, but that's not what we're talking about. But before we go a little any further into um, the Gabriel Union situation, there's some questions. What are the signs of an entitled person? So let's jump into that. And here are 17 signs. Um, one, they think the rules do not apply to them. They think they're special and should be treated differently from others. Yeah. They are self-absorbed. So much so that they forget about others and the needs around them. They only care about themselves and what they need, what they want or need at that time. They don't think of those who are with them as needing anything too. They're argumentative. Self-entitled people are argumentative because they feel as though their self-worth is more important than what they have to say or what you have to say. And they'll argue just for the sake of arguing. Even refuse to admit that they're wrong if proven so. Self-entitlement can make them very close-minded and stubborn at times. So we're going down this list to see if you have anyone in your life who is self-entitled, all right? They go out of their way to serve themselves. Self-entitled people tell, tend to be self-serving and think only about what's best for them, often pushing others aside in order to get it. They feel as if they deserve better. Self-entitled people often think that the world owes them something, or at least that things should be easier for them than for others. They expect to have better lives without working hard towards it. Self-entitlement can make them lazy and unwilling to work for what they want in life. They have an exaggerated sense of self-worth. 
self-entitled people often feel as though their self-worth is greater than everyone else around them that they're better or more important in some way they tend to think highly of themselves and overestimate their abilities self-entitlement can cause others to view them as arrogant at times they feel as though they deserve special treatment mm -hmm. they're self-centered thinking about their own needs and wants first before anyone else's they often think that what others want or need isn't as important as what they want or need they can be very self-absorbed at times self-entitlement makes them egocentric and self-serving they believe they're better than others self-righteous yeah they think they know better yeah they will not own up to the mistakes that they have made they will not take responsibility not at all for those mistakes even if those around them have been affected by them and they'll blame others instead of taking self-accountability they don't tend to listen to others they're they rarely take the time to listen to those around them and that self-entitlement makes it difficult for these individuals to see things from someone else's perspective they're also self-obsessed always thinking about themselves and their own needs first you know when they're always looking at themselves in the mirror always yeah you ever <laughs> I've, I've been around people like that you're, you're talking to them but they're not even looking at you they're busy looking at themselves in the mirror yeah they have a my way or the highway attitude mm -hmm. they think that their opinions are better than others they compare themselves with other people especially those around them in an attempt to self-validate and they tend to compare themselves to people who have less than they do and the last but not least point is they think the world revolves around them so <laughs> do you know anybody who is self-entitled moves with an air of you know any of these things that we described or could it be us and let us not confuse the right to being happy the right to wanting good let us not confuse the things that Sonette pointed out with these the negative part of it because we can all display any of these things at any given time but when we're displaying the behavior how is it affecting those around us You know what just flashed back in my head? You know how I say, if somebody cheats on me, I'm going to cheat back on them? Is that a form of self-entitlement? No, that's just revenge. <laughs> but in the case of Gabriel Union, she did it because she felt that she was the one making the money, so she was the one paying the bills, so she could do what she wanted to do based upon her father right 
that's what her father says. He and then I think about this saying, which I think you've all heard me say, he who has the money has the power, right? But is that how it's supposed to be in a relationship? That whoever has the money has the power? Is that how it's supposed to be? And if so, who wrote that rule? Am, am I the only one that felt she threw that part in there just as a second justifier? Because hmm. the way I listened to it, I didn't get that she was doing that because she had the money. I got it as, well, since he's cheating on me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm paying all the bills, right? I'm doing everything. I might as well cheat. That's how I received it. <laughs> all right. Let's play it again. Let us play it again. One. Yeah. Gabrielle Union gets candid about her first marriage to NFL player Chris Howard. The actress opens up on an episode of the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard podcast, revealing the relationship was riddled with infidelity. That first go-round, you know, okay. I definitely was not getting Wife of the Year awards. Okay, good. I had some focus issues. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure. You know, in our first marriage, neither one of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating. <laughs> and so, that was keeping up with his activities. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's what you're doing? Oh, you're going to feel this one. Right. And okay, yeah. okay. I just felt entitled to it as well. I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off and it was just dysfunctional from day one. Yeah. As for Chris, the former Jacksonville Jaguars player has no ill will towards. Okay, Javette. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> I think she felt entitled. Well, she explained it. She said she felt entitled to um, indulge in infidelity because she was the one making the money. So she could do what she wanted to do too. She wanted to get even and she felt justified by doing so. Because she, she felt justified in doing so because of her earning power. That was her chess move. I don't know. I still see it my way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, still, I still see it my way because I'm thinking, I understand she said neither one of them felt like dating or something when they got married whatever 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 uh -huh. but i still think that she did it more so because he did it even though their whole thing was dysfunctional okay right right i agree a little i agree with javette in that because for me i think if let's remove the money if he didn't cheat would she have cheated and so I, I feel I, I agree with Javette. I, it's, I, I agree. I understand that she felt entitled with, because she had money. But there's a part of me that believes that she wouldn't have cheated if, she, if he didn't cheat, even though they were dysfunctional. So we take that out. If he didn't cheat, would she have cheated? I think so. I think so. Um, because she wanted to continue dating even though she was married. She said it. So I think she would still have cheated 
even if he hadn't, and then she would use the crutch, I make the money. Of having the money. Yeah. She was in it, but she wasn't in it. I think she was in the relationship just for the sake of saying she has a man. That that's how I feel. Right. And that happens where we get to a stage where we feel that, you know, we're a certain age and we should be married and, and have children and that's what that society you know, that's what society does to us. You know, you reach a certain age, you, why aren't you married? Why don't you have any children? You're hitting thirty, why aren't you getting married or who are you dating or so that I think that may be part of it as well, but um, to her, for both of them to jump into something that's dis- dysfunctional, there's a lot way more to it than um, <laughs> you know her her earning, earning the most money, you know, or her earning more money. I should say, there there's way more to for it in, in it. I'm so sorry. No, uh, there's okay. way more to it for me because um, I know I was at that stage at one point where you know I was in or turning thirty and all aunts and uncles and, and anyone that knew my mom of and uh, in her um, church or whatever, they were wondering what was wrong with me, why I wasn't married yet, you know? And so I felt this obligation to get married before I turned 31 or 32 or else I'd be a disappointment. And where did that come from in our culture? That you're supposed to be married by a certain age. You're supposed to have children or a child by a certain age. And if you don't, something is wrong with you. Who wrote those rules? And in those rules apply unnecessary, unwarranted pressure that force people to get into situationships that they have no business in just to appease those who are pressuring them. Who says that every girl should be married by 21, 24, God forbid, 30? 30, no children? Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Who wrote those rules? Something is physically wrong. Well, now I think it's different because we see more women having children in their 40s. But um, back then, back then, (laughs) I feel so old saying back then. Back then, (laughs) there was a there was there's pressure and i think i know a lot of people that got into relationships because of their age and um the situation didn't work yeah how old was she when she got married to um this dude you know i don't know i gotta look that up on google i gotta look i'll look i'll look okay i'll look i'll google yeah thank you yeah why are we getting into situations that we're not ready for? So, women, I will say this to women first. What is your real reason? Or let me ask the question. What is your real reason for wanting to be in a relationship? Take some time and think about that. Please don't ask if it's a need or a want. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to ask that. Not going to ask that. I just want to know, what is your reason for wanting to be in a relationship? I can jump in. It's not not that hard. Um, The reasons I wanted to be in a relationship was security, partnership, and I wanted to have a child. And I did not 
want to have the child by myself. And you and never wanted to be a single parent. Don't judge anyone who is a single parent, of course, because good for you and I'm glad you can do it. But it's not something I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and and feeling secure with someone that they can protect me, as old school as that is, that you can be protected by someone, it's important because life is hard. Yeah, I didn't get married till I was 33. I didn't feel like an old maid because I didn't want to have children until I was about um Actually, prior to meeting my partner, I wanted to have a kid no later than 33. Then I got married at 33. I had a kid at 38. Medical science is better. We now can have children until we're 45. I have my friends, I have my aunts who had kids that late. I don't want to, I didn't want to do that. But those things are important and they still are. Someone who you can have a partnership, someone who can be, who you can feel secure with, who can make you happy, you can make them happy and fulfill their lives or, or add value to their lives and, and, and be a co-parent. So that, those are my things. And I'm sure there's more that I can think on the spot, but I'm throwing it out now. Yeah. Thank you, Sunet. Thank you. Good reasons. Valid reasons. You wanted a family. You wanted to create a balance for your child. You wanted someone to protect, to take care of you. Nothing is wrong with any of those. Those are great reasons, if you ask me. I remember I said, I think it was on Coffee and Toe, that I'm noticing a lot of weddings, but are there marriages? Do we know the difference? Are people caught up in the ceremony, but not the work? A lot of people are, yes. Thank you, Rosola. She was 28. Yes, um, Javette. Gorgeous weddings, right? When you look at the pics online, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, gorgeous. And I'm not going to lie. It will make you say, wow, I would like to have something like that. Oh my gosh. When I get married, I want to have something just like that. So women are now drooling over the, um, the ambiance. That's what they're drooling over. They're not saying, I want a man with certain qualities. What they are saying, though, is I want a man who has this amount of money (laughs) because I need to be able to do these things. All right. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to continue the conversation. Here is Katy Perry with Roar.
you're just tuning in to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com, welcome to Days After Dark. If you're on Clubhouse, don't forget to click that greenhouse to join the club. Follow the moderators, follow each other, and make meaningful connections. Thank you for being here with us. I'm your host, Moments, and I'm joined by my gracious co-hosts, Sonata Rosolo, Marlon, and Javette. Just a quick PSA, the show is being streamed live on Internet Radio, and the Clubhouse replays are on. Please be reminded that this is a safe space and a no-judgment zone. We're here to engage in adult conversations, share experiences, and learn from each other. So you just heard Katy Perry with Roar. Um, yeah, so tonight we're talking about entitlement. The conversation is all about entitlement. And... It's stemming from a YouTube video, a clip of Gabriel Union. And I'm going to play that clip again. Just in case you didn't hear it. It was the just clip. dysfunctional from day one. Yeah. Gabrielle Union gets candid about her first marriage to NFL player Chris Howard. The actress opens up on an episode of the Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard podcast, revealing the relationship was riddled with infidelity. That first go round, you know, okay. I definitely was not getting wife of the year awards. Okay, good. I had some focus issues. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure. You know, in our first marriage, neither one of us felt like the marriage should get in the way of our dating. <laughs> and so, oh my God, that <laughs> part of it you was and I like identical. I was keeping in... up with his activities. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's what you're doing? Oh, you're going to feel this one. Right. And okay, yeah. okay. I just felt entitled to it as well. I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off and it was just dysfunctional from day one. Yeah. As for Chris, the former Jacksonville Jaguars player has oh, no... I was paying all the bills. I was working my ass off. <laughs> right? Yeah. So she felt entitled to level the playing field. Tit for chat. But, um... Last week, I remember saying this, that I've heard men speak and say that they don't like what's happening, pretty much, we're women, with women, today's woman, right? Um, the minute she starts making more money, she becomes a whole nother beast. She starts calling the shots as though she has taken on the reins, taken hold of the reins, telling him what he can and cannot do, who he can hang out with, what time he, he got to be home by, pretty much treating him like a child. And they don't like it. And they're saying that they realize that just because the woman is now earning more than them, they, the women, are now becoming the men in the relationship. Another thing that they're saying is that they will sacrifice and struggle and put their wife or their partner through school, 
have her fulfill her academic dreams. And the minute she accomplishes that goal and secures a job earning more money, now she thinks she's better than him. Entitlement. She thinks she deserves more than him. He is no longer good enough for her. Many a times, the men are saying too that the women are listening and are being pressured by family members and their friends. Oh, leave him. You can do better. But what happened to when I was good enough for you? Well, you know, good at, no, what time is it? Good night, everyone. Good Hello, night, beautiful Marlon. people. Good night, good night, good night. I have an issue with um, with her saying she pay all the bills. He was working. He was a football player. So what happened to his money? I don't think, this is my personal, I don't think he just let her pay the bills because he was making money because I know who it is. Uh-huh. He was making his money. So you're trying to tell me he wasn't giving her any money at all in, in, in to, to, to help with the bills? I have an issue with that because I don't believe that. And I would love to hear his side of the story or what's going on because it's not like he wasn't working. It's not like he didn't have his money. Mm-hmm. Unless she choose, unless she choose, tell him, say, you know what, I'll pay the bills, I'm, you know, making, and I don't think she was making more than him. At the time? If she's think, it, at the time, she wasn't making more money than him. So I have an issue with that. I will, I, I, I would love to hear his side of the story because some, something is off what she's saying right there. Mm. I thought that too, Marlon. Because he was a decent football player. Yes, he was, and he was. So I, uh, yes. I know he made mm-hmm. money. Yeah, so something, something is off, Mister Vet. I, I don't know. You know, I'm just waiting for him to say something. If he's gonna say, and, and, and most men won't say anything. They just let it be and, and live their life. So he, he probably, he probably won't even respond to her. But I, I, I don't like that part where you pay all the bills. If you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. You know, if you're unhappy and you decide to do your thing, both of you are unhappy, go do what you got to do, you know, and whatever. But you don't throw somebody under the bus because I don't believe you would do that to her. You know, throw her under the bus and say, I pay all the bills. You know, so I, I don't I don't respect her for doing that to, to the man. You know, make everybody looking at him like he's a deadbeat. Cause I really, I really don't think he will let her do all of that. If he did, my bad, you know, picking up for him. But I really don't think he would be like that. So, yeah. Um, what you what's the word? I heard it in the other room earlier, uh, Javet. Um, emasculation. That's it. Yeah, oh, emasculate. She's very good at that. Oh dear, here we go. But here's the. <laughs> so she sung him. She sung him. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so Dre, you know, it's funny that you said that because you remember. Did you all see the movie um, "Deliver Us from Evil"? 
Yes, I did. Many times. Many times. Yes, I know. You and I watched it many times. Was she married to him at that time? Because for some reason, I'm thinking back to deliver us from evil. And you see that tendency. It came through in her character. Did she put her real self in the character or did she take the character over into her relationship? You know, you're probably right, Nicole. She was probably in her 20s when she did that movie, like the 20s, 30s. So, yeah. Now, the movie is about 20 year old, at least 20 years, 15 to 20 years old. So, it's a possibility because she's, what, 50, I think? So, it's a possibility. Came out in 2003. Yeah, she's 50. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's right around that time, it sounds like. Hmm. I remember that character so well. She made the money, so she made the decisions with her sisters. She was the one who would say what would happen with the um, estate because the parents had died. She wanted to control the relationship with um, LL Cool J and herself. He played the role of, um, what was his name? Ray. Yeah, very um, strong. <laughs> Too strong, if you ask me. I don't know. That's my opinion. Too strong. So I'm wondering, she, ha she must have been married. So was it art imitating life or life imitating art for her? And when you listen to her speak in the clip, she sounds like the character Evil. From that movie. Okay. I thought it was just me. Because I was like, that's not how that woman speak. Her voice never sound that way. <laughs> she's she, she's what you describe an alpha, Javette? Alpha, uh, female? In the movie? Yes. And in real life? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I loved her in Being Mary Jane, though. I'm, I, I got to admit, yes. I loved this show. Real, that's true. That yes. was a great show. Yes, yes, I agree with that. But back to what we were talking, what my, my, the concerns that men have. Why do women feel that because they start making more money or because they're making more money, it gives them the right to treat men the way they do. What is the reasoning? Aren't relationships partnerships? If we say we want a protector and a provider, whether he's making more than us or not, but we say we want a protector, what does that mean? Is it, doesn't it mean that you're asking for someone? And, and let me know if you, I'm wrong, please. I, I, I stand to be corrected. But usually the one who is the protector usually has a slight edge, yes or no? Oh, my goodness. Just asking. I'm, I'm waiting for Chief to come off his mic. So, 
in a traditional way of thinking of what marriage and relationship should be or was back when the man being the protector protecting the family he'd make sure what he would do whatever is necessary that no harm comes to his family but that also meant that if he had to work 10 jobs to put his children through school he did that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so it's making sure that his family is able to be provided for by any means necessary, I guess. Okay. So does that then give him the edge in the relationship? You know what, guys? Mm-hmm. I think it boils down sometime to the men, right? Um, in a sense where it, to me, and what I've seen, um, it doesn't matter if she makes more money than you. If you are the one that, um, if you are the man in the relationship, just put it that way, even if she makes more money than you and she respects you, um, she won't treat treat you that way. And if she do, you would check it. And if she continue, you wouldn't stay. I don't see anybody stay in stay. I don't see any um man that I know would stay in such situation. They would eventually leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I just never buy this thing. She makes more money than you. She try to rule you like. Really? You sit there and let that happen? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's my Jamaican mentality or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. The people in that, they, they're going to check it right away. Mm -hmm. Or if they can't control it, they'd not stay. Bounce. Exactly. So I, I don't see how this thing get out of hand in a sense where... And I've seen it happen in Jamaica where, like, you know, some of these guys that are plumbers or mechanic or whatever, you know, send their, their woman to university. And when she become a lawyer or whatever, she feel that he's not good enough for her anymore because he's a plumber or he's a mechanic. I see women do that all the time in Jamaica. So, um... Is it boils down to individuals? Some individuals are users and they're selfish. So all along, I think a lot of these females know when they um, get their degree or whatever, they're gonna leave him or they're gonna treat him less. So that's just how I see it. Mm. Can I be just a little adverse adverse to that because i've seen memes donna i'm sorry i saw you come off me sorry right after me um i've seen memes and and maybe just people acting up on instagram joking around right mm -hmm. and said what if your wife um make, decided to make a million dollars a year and she said honey stay home and take care of the kids and i've seen so many men respond like oh i guess i'm kidding my job i'm staying home <laughs> taking care of the kids Right. I've seen that. So mm -hmm. I don't think all men, I'm going to just say that 
like some men would be fine with that. It doesn't mean they're gonna like, just because they're not the ones making the money doesn't mean they deserve disrespect. So let me let me be very clear with that part. Right. But there are some people who would be absolutely fine with that because they are strong enough with themselves. Like I think uh, Chief has said that a number of times in this space, in this space alone, mm-hmm. that if you are confident and comfortable with your manhood and your wife is the one who is the breadwinner and taking care of everything in the house, and there was another circumstance in which this was described, it's not a problem. But then there, there are those men who are just not. Right. I mean, I'm done now. So, <laughs> thank you, Sinet. Uh, Hi, Donna. Yeah. Okay. No, that's what I, Hold uh, on one second, Donna. Let me let Dre respond to that, and then we'll jump back to you, Donna. I apologize. Go ahead, Dre. But but that's what I was saying. Like, even if she makes a million dollars and tell you to stay home, I don't know any man that stay home still let that woman run all over it. Right. It's just not gonna happen. So she could make all the money in the world. He's still the man of that house. Right. So right. that's the point that I'm trying to, the, the guys that I know, and me too. Like, right. It's not going to happen. And if I can't get control of the situation, most men I know is just going to leave. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dre. Donald, you're up. No, but I was just going to ask Dre, um, who tell you to stay? Maybe that's why the divorce rates are so high in some cases. I mean, we assuming the men stay, but I can't fathom that. I don't care how much you make, that you come and talk to me how you want, embarrass me in public, do what you want. No, 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 no. It can't work like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be a mutual understanding. Just the same way I'm expected to respect you, just the same way I'm expected to treat you, because there are a lot of men, well, predominantly, um, the past has shown us that men has been like better earners, and there are a lot of them that treat their wives and spouses with a lot of respect, even when they don't, their, their wives don't make any kind of money, like great financial contribution to the home. So it's the same way if the wife is making the the financial contribution, she is expected to treat the man with respect. But I think there is a the media and the society you're in today likes to tell you that you don't need a man and you're making money so you're independent and you could do what you feel because you're the breadwinner now and I just think that's just that's con- contributing a lot to the breakdown in the family because I personally think men and women have separate roles just like how I don't think a woman she could do her best, but I don't think a woman could teach a boy how to be a man. Just the same way I don't think a man could really teach a girl how to be a woman. Yes, you will contribute. Yes, you could be supportive. And yes, you could you could do a fine job raising them. But I just think that we were built instinctively for different roles family. You understand? And I don't care how you split it. At the end of the day, we would work together. We would assist each other. We would help each other carry their roles but men and women have different roles period you know so and as Dre say I don't care how much you're earning I don't see any man that could take it for an extended period of time maybe you might you know relax for a while and see if you change but over an extended period of time I can see you just 
not saying anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Dre. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Sunet. So, when did the shift come about? So, I know, for me, the man is the head of my household. Is it because that's how I was raised? Probably. That's the structure I'm accustomed to, and that's the structure I maintain. When the kids come to me to ask me about going somewhere or doing something, go ask your father. Call your father and ask him. If they don't get around to getting in touch with him, I will reach out to him and say, hey, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. Now, we don't always agree on what should happen. We talk about, we discuss why I feel they shouldn't go or for the most part should not go. And we have a conversation about it. And then we come to a mutual agreement and pre present a mutual front. There's give and take on both sides. But one thing I will never do is have my husband tell my child no, and then I turn around and say yes. It's not going to happen. There have been, well, probably once or twice ever in our 20 years of being together where he wasn't working for a brief period and I had to pick up the slack. Never did I ever make him feel disrespected. He was still the man of the house. Ultimately for me, we still had to have conversation and make decisions and I would lean on his better judgment but at no time did I feel that okay well I'm the one working so it's going to be my way no you don't do that well that's me and I agree with you, um, Donald. We do have roles, whether we want to believe it or not. Some things that a man will never be able to do and some things women will never be able to do. And it is what it is. We may try. We may get E for effort, right? We try. But it's just not the same. And I think we have to shed this um, strong black woman mentality because everybody's oh I'm a strong black woman and you got to be a strong black woman and strong, strong strong okay so when you come across a man who wants to be strong for you do you even know how to relax do we know how to relax and allow him to be strong for us and get back into our femininity, as they like to say. But moments, when was black women ever weak? You know, especially in our, in, in our history. 
So this whole strong black woman thing, I don't know where it come from. You understand? And the, the family, the black family, has always been stronger when the black woman and the black man work together. Period. So it's just a lot of myth. My grandmother was the quietest woman I know. And my grandfather was seen as this big, strong bully. Well, not a bully, but he was the man. But if I really wanted something, I go to my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and she would find a way to make him concede. But if I go to him first, I know I lose. <laughs> <laughs> But the strong then, Donald, is different from the strong now, I want to say. The strong now, um, it's pretty much, I don't need a man. That's the strong I'm seeing now. Versus the strong then, whereas you say they know how to get through to their partner. We have, we have so much examples of strong couples, right? Or, or powerful people. And a lot of them did it with partners. Some of the, the, the strongest men we know always had the woman behind them or alongside them. You understand? But um, this new strong, how much of it we are seeing? What is the real strength of this new strong right now? Tell me. Because some of the same people who is strong and don't need a man, after a while, some of the same women that go out there and just don't want a man and don't need whatever, when they achieve everything they would have achieved, cooperate and otherwise, at a certain age, a lot of them now going and now they want a child, now they want a family, now they want, because they feel they have all that they have and all the accomplishment that they have, they still feel empty. Why is that the case? If that is the case. They're empty because of how they're being socialized now, if you ask me. They're being socialized to do it on their own get every accomplishment you can get because you're being prepared to do this by yourself is what I'm gathering, is what I'm getting. I'm preparing you to do this by yourself. Not preparing you to do it with someone by your side, but instead I am seeing to it that you will not need anybody. That's what's going on. It's, a, it's the, the truth. You know, I want us to think about this for a second. And on Clubhouse is not the first time I've heard the comment being made. I've heard it several times before. That within our community... We are not being prepared to be good partners or good wives or to be a wife. And because we're not prepared for that, 
we don't know how to survive in relationships. Is that true about us? Whereas other communities are training their young ladies that while you are pursuing your dreams, you're also being prepared to be good partners and good wives. Is there any truth to that? Ooh, let's see. I really didn't want to go here right now. <laughs> we going there, Javette. <laughs> we, we going there. We going. I, we literally just stepped away from this. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of sticky and it makes us feel, yeah. But you know what? It's what's being said understood i um so answering the part about where the strong black woman thing came from again i'm gonna only go with my upbringing and what happened in my life and my mother had three chances right to have a man in her life and all three of them stepped away, right? Um, what I find is being called a strong black woman means that you are not allowing the negativity to keep you down, you're going to do everything that needs to be done to get to the next level. If you don't have someone to do it with, with you're able to maneuver this world without someone until that time comes. In doing that though, you do kind of take on a more, I'll say masculine mindset, right? I do find, and I'm just, again, I'm just talking about myself. Right, right. There were times when because of what was done, I didn't trust. So if I didn't trust, the only way I know something is going to get done is if I do it. For whatever reason that may be. So that's where the, the strong, to me, that's where the strong black woman comes in. Now, again, I say I didn't grow up with no man in my house. Okay. So was I trained to be a wife? Where's Javette? Or is it me? Let me know if you're hearing me.
Javette, I did. I think it was me. I wasn't hearing <laughs> anything, so I was like, "Are you hearing me?" Oh. Oh yeah. So, carry on. Can Go you on. hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I'll, I can hear you. I'll I'll try to be short. No, no, no. You're my, fine. You're fine. My my first love, who was my uncle, the first man in my life to show me what it is to be a man and to take care of his family, was also the same person that I knew all his girlfriends. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, the one to show me how a husband was supposed to be, right? He showed me what supposedly a man does for his family, but he also showed me another side that I wasn't comfortable with. And I kept these secrets from my auntie. And then I have the example of the good auntie and the good uncle. Okay. So training up to be a wife, training up to be a husband, it all depends for me, the circumstance, but the strong black woman, again, I'm going to say it just came from, if you didn't have that person that wanted to stay in a relationship with you for whatever reason, you had to make sure that you were able to do what you needed to do for yourself and or for your family. And I yield. Thank you for breaking that down for me, um, Javed. Thank you for sharing that because it gives me a better understanding. And then, of course, uh, Tasha put in the chat, some women don't have a choice but to be a strong black woman. No choice. And I understand that moment. What I'm saying is, what happens when you do have the choice? What happens when you have, if you have somebody that stands with you or is there with you? Do you still take on the same role? Because it seems to be that's where some of the problem lies. When you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. But if you do have a choice, do you take on the same role? And if you take on the same role, how does it affect the man? I, I agree with you there because I can say that I used to be that person, but it, it didn't stem from that I didn't want to allow the person to have the role. It's that it stemmed from um, I wasn't over what I went through or I didn't trust what um, the person was bringing to the table. Maybe their actions didn't show me that they could handle it, and I didn't even want to take the chance to try. Mm. But that was, me, that was me back then. I didn't want to take the chance to try and see. Hmm. So could it be then, Javette, that you're forced to be the strong black woman, and then when you do have that person it's hard for you to relax. Could that be what it is? You were it, in yes. intentionally remaining strong. Yes. Because let me tell you, I am not happy how, let me not say I'm not happy because things that have happened in my life has happened to my life. I don't particularly like the, the title strong black woman. Mm-hmm. I never did because I, when people used to say that to me, I used to say that I am strong because of my circumstances, not because I wanted to be right. Right. 
I know you've said that before. I know you've said that before. And every time you say it, I can hear a particular tone in your voice. So I know it irks you. <laughs> I know you don't like it. But is that what women want to be referred? Black women want to be referred to as those strong black women. Is that what we want? Can I speak? Yeah, sure, Crystal. Welcome. As a whole, <clears throat> thank you. Um, I think there was there was pride when women said that. They took pride in that. And um, right now, they're being shamed for taking pride in that. So a lot of women won't say that. But then there are a lot of women who do. The problem I see is Earlier, like earlier today, when I said about practicing, you know, we have the, the little girl with the doll. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is practice. So when you're strong and independent, you're practicing being strong and independent. So when um, interdependency comes along, you don't know how to do that because you didn't practice that. Or code, well, we won't say codependent, that, that sucks. Uh, slightly dependent, you know, we don't understand that. We don't, we, we think it's extreme. You know, it's either one end or the other. It's never in the middle. Uh -huh. But that's, excuse me, that's where we are supposed to meet in the middle. Learning how we need to practice and learn how to be interdependent, how to work together, do group things, do do a team building thing in a relationship. And maybe that can help foster the interdependence instead of, you know, the independence. I'm over here and you're over there and we're going to come together and we still going to be, I'm still going to be over here and you're still going to be over there, you know. That's all. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Javette. So how do we put that bridge in place so that we can actually meet in the middle? Can, can I say yes, one? Yes, Javette, go right ahead. I, I do feel that we have to give each other grace. We have to give each other grace and find a way to communicate what we're feeling. So then that means we have to be more vulnerable with each other. Mm. So as a man, and again, we've had this conversation, it's how you bring the conversation to me. Mm -hmm. As a woman, it's how you bring the, conversa the conversation to me. Because I've been in long relationships and I've been mainly with Caribbean men. So we already know they have that machizo, machismo <laughs> in them. And they don't have any problem saying, hey, you're not going to talk to me this way, blah, blah, blah. And some women would be like, okay, he stepped up. I'm going to step back. And then there's some women that may push back. Okay. But if we want relationships at the end of the day, a true relationship, a true partner, it's all in the communication and the grace to get to really 
know each other and understand each other. And I think there's people that have been in relationships for a long time that still learn are learning things about one another. Mm-hmm. You're right. Because every day we wake up, we grow. You're absolutely right. And we grow at different rates. So I yield. Thank you so much, uh, Javette. Chief, you're next. And then after you, we go to In a Daze with Rose Solo and Marlon. Go right ahead, Chief. Chief? Can you hear me? No, Chief. You know the drill. Really, Chief? Wow. Chief, wow. You, you know the drill. Chief knows he has to go and come back and plug in. What is that thing Javette always telling you to do? To plug in your um thing. See? <laughs> Be careful with that plugging stuff. <laughs> Mute your mic, Marlon. Mute your mic. Go ahead, Chief. Let's see if we can hear you now. Okay, testing. There you too. go. There you go. See? You plugged in. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> He's fully charged. He's fully charged. It's like the Matrix. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So y'all, you all have said quite a bit tonight, and I've listened. Um, there are some. There's there are some things that we we habitually overlook, and you know, this morning I talked about this thing called cause. And like why we're still not asking the whys. We're asking some whys, but not the right ones. Like why are black women calling themselves a strong black woman? What led to that phenomena? The brother said earlier, black women have always been strong, but why do we now have to pronounce it? <laughs> there's, a re- there's a reason for that. You, that didn't just pop out of the air, right? Like it didn't become some slogan. That's a behavior that is that is the result of our so- social circumstances. Like, like when you look at you look at the data, and you look at our, you don't forget the data. Just go into your own community and look at what is considered a functional relationship. Then count them. What that means is for every black male who has the fortitude and the the strength and the self-love and the the, the just um I mean you can think of any word that 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 speaks to commitment and strength that man has to become an extension to every family that he knows where a woman has been put in a position to have to become that person. I'll give you a real, a a personal example. Like in our lineage in Nigeria, divorce is really frowned upon, like seriously frowned upon. But if I have a relative who divorced his wife, they had some unreconcilable differences and they had two sons According to tradition, he has to take custody of his sons and raise them because he put that woman in a spiritual position 
where she will have to fight for a legitimate relationship because a man may not want to take her as a wife with those other responsibilities. So we have to create a balance even in the demise of a, of a marriage so that that woman doesn't have to go out and be the so-called strong black woman, which essentially means she's going to have to become more masculine because the world that we live in is a masculine world that does not accommodate gentility. It doesn't, it doesn't accommodate softness. It doesn't accommodate women operating in a space that that is typically natural to them. So what, how can we have an expectation? Like, how can a woman even, you know, like the brother mentioned earlier, even if they, even if that person appeared in a, in a, in a woman's life, she would, she wouldn't even be able to see it. She shouldn't be able to see it because the odds are she's looking at 20 different families who have been let down by somebody who should have been there, who forced them in a position to have to stand up and mask in a, in a, in a masculine demonstrate with masculinity the ability to not let her bloodline to not let her legacy fall victim to a society that has already demonstrated the ability to destroy the black family it is in her it is in her inherent nature to defend to fight to uphold to uplift against all odds because she knows that her family is in jeopardy the moment there is not a functional masculine role to protect her and those children if she has them. If we can't see that, we're looking at the world in a jacked up kind of way. Like we were more messed up than I thought we were. We, we not, we're not asking the why. How did we get here? Because once you figure out the why, then you know how we need to move forward and saying, okay, you know what? I can see an opportunity here. If you can see a problem, you can see an opportunity. If you can see a problem, you should be able to see a solution. A real man should be able to, because women do it. When you put in a position and you're forced to do the things that black women are having to do today, it's not an accident. It's no wonder they're calling themselves strong black women. But why are they saying it? Because the world is designed to say you are a poor example of motherhood, of a, of a healthy relationship. You're not even marriageable. That's what the world is saying to the, to the psyche of these women. So they have to figure out a way to speak up to them, to speak to themselves. Like, I know for a fact people call me arrogant all the time because of my confidence I acknowledge the fact that there's a world every day I have to look at the news. I have to read the media. There, there are thousands of opportunities to destroy my self-esteem on a daily basis. So I make it a point to be a strong black man. So why come there's no equity in that? Why come we can't acknowledge the fact that there's a reason we are doing what we're doing? I don't know no black woman that desires to destroy the the legacy or the uh, the um, the uh, ego uh, yeah the ego let's just go ahead and use it the ego of another man 
unless she's been damaged, deeply damaged by a man who was supposed to protect her. And that's an absolute fact. It's unnegatable. We're just not willing to look at it, seriously look at it for what it is. We have, we have, the sister said earlier about interdependency. That means I depend on you, you depend on me. But we'll sit back in the cut and look at another person or look at another woman and say, she ain't no good or she too masculine. Well, if she's too masculine, then what are you? Because my wife was like that when I met her. But I demonstrated in such a way with such consistency, because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to demonstrate consistency so that that woman says, OK, how would they say if you make a mistake, you got to you got to you got to do something right seven times. OK, so if a woman has spent one year of her life damaged, it's going to take you seven years to repair it. Because we're looking at the psychology of time and how wounds have to be 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 mended. That means as a man, you have to be willing to endure the sunlight. You have to be willing to endure whatever you have to endure to get things back to wholeness. But see, that means that we're not complete enough. When we can't do that, we, we as men are not complete or whole enough to stand to the occasion because we too have damage. I was about to ask but you a question, us, Chief, not to yes. not to cut you off because I know we have to rush to um, in a days, but I want to ask you a question. How do we teach the young men then how to I don't use the word deal, but deal with a woman that they come across who has been on a journey and that journey has caused her to be more abrasive or more aggressive or portray the modern day ideology of what a strong black woman is. How do you tell a young man how to break her down, so to speak, to have her relax, to have her trust you, to have her know that she can depend on you as much as you can depend on her? How do we do that? It's simple. Be what you seek. It's really that simple. Be what you seek. If Men, men want a woman to submit to them, right? Mm -hmm. But a man who can't even submit to God can't show what submission look like. Right? Okay. You can't submit to your own spirit or your own ego. How do you demonstrate what submission looks like? Say that again. Because it's not a because wow. it's not about underclass. Say that again. It's about, because it's not about this 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 idea of I I say you do. It's saying me as a man, I want to be the leader of this house. Because what does it mean to be head of the house? We haven't even defined that in most places. They think it's like a default thing. It's not a default. It's like a, a, a daddy and a father. We both, we all know it's a difference. Okay, what does it mean to be head of your house? That means you have the ability to lead, to protect, to provide, to accommodate, to, to bring comfort when there's, when there's pain and discomfort. You have to be that person. So you're saying to yourself as a man, when I say I'm the man, I'm the head of this house, that's not an oppressive role. That's a role that says I value you. 
I value these children that you helped me bring into this world. I value this home that we built together. I value the community that we're going to go work in and expand I, I, the, the, the world that our children have to live in. We have to define what it means to be head of everybody. Want, oh, I'm head of this house. I wear the pants in this house. Oh, okay. But what does that look like? Does your wife respect you as the head of the house? Have you demonstrated to her and to her family and to, to your children even? Do they value your role and your position because it is an honorable position, not an oppressive position? So that means that everybody who views you as the head of a house should honor you because you're doing honorable things. Your children are seeing that man demonstrate what it means to love a woman. That's their first example of what it means for a man to lead. Amen. Man, mama, mama followed him anywhere. Anywhere he goes, she'll follow him. She'll follow him to the grave if she wanted to. Why? Because she trusts him to lead her in any direction, north, south, east, or west. And know that he's not going to mislead her. And he's done that by example. So the moment she said, I do, she said it because you already demonstrated the capability to lead her in the, and her family in the right direction. In the event of your demise, she will be well equipped to lead herself. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing marriage counseling for those who are seeking to get into relationships so that we can guide you all down the right path. And. Chief, thank you so much. We're going to continue the conversation next week, but right now we do have to get into in eight days. And I'm glad we're having this conversation. I really am. There is a lot of chiseling away that needs to happen. We need to get the tools out the shed. We need the hammer. We need the saw. We need probably to do some excavation because we have to unlearn and relearn it can only happen if we're willing to do the work to change how we think but we have to be intentional we also have to know that it's going to take some tough conversations that we're going to have to have with ourselves are we prepared to change the outcome are we prepared to change our communities by changing ourselves, changing our structures? Are we prepared to move forward together, respecting each other? And I'm glad you said, you said something, Chief, that reminds me of this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And what does that mean? You're going to make sure that no harm comes upon her. You're going to provide for her, protect her, take care of her, be with her. And in turn, wives, respect your husbands. You cannot disrespect your husband and expect him to love you. It's in the, it's in the Bible. You can, you can see it. Men respect your wife i'm sorry men love your wives wives respect your husbands the two go hand in hand and if you love the person you'll respect them the two go hand in hand believe it or not all right it's time for rosolo you ready i'm ready 
Marlon, are you ready? <laughs> that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for In a Day's Relationship <laughs> Advice segment with Rose Solo and Marlon. All right, Rose Solo, take it away. Oh, you have us going after Chief. Lord have mercy. Okay, here we go. Um, Tonight's letter, you ready, Marlon? Wife begins seeing husband more as a parent than a partner. My husband is 38. I am 36. We have been together for 13 years, married for 11. We never wanted children, although we have some pets. My problem is we've fallen into a parent-child relationship where I'm starting to feel like the child. He enables me to the point that if I'm the least bit distressed, for example, doing dishes and getting frustrated because there are a lot, he takes over what I'm doing. He even tucks me into bed and kisses me goodnight, turns off the light and closes the door. Because of our work schedules, we sleep at different times. I find this strange. I've mentioned it to him before and it hurts his feelings. I love him dearly, but seeing him as my quote unquote parent, is starting to make it hard for me to love him as my husband. I've asked him to go to therapy, but he is unwilling. I'm very blunt when it comes to saying things, and it generally triggers arguments. How can I tell him all this bothers me without starting a huge fight? Um, signed, adult woman, wife in Michigan. What's her problem? So <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know what her problem is. I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Marlon. Tuck me in and kiss me on the cheek. Go ahead. And Marlon. close the damn door. I don't know how to answer this one. This is a <laughs> Wow. I really gotta think. So hold on, say they they don't have kids, they only have pets, no right? They don't have kids, they have pets. They're thirty eight and thirty six. And when he sees her distress, he'll, such as, you know, washing the dishes and getting frustrated. When my thing is, there, there, how many dishes could you have? There are only two of you and some pets. Are you, what, the dog, is it, are dogs getting a meal? I don't get it. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't get this letter. She's, she, she's lazy. But anyway. It's not lazy. You're, you're just ungrateful. It's just, you're ungrateful. That's all I see. That's. Go ahead, Marlon. Can I ask a question then, Rosolo, while Marlon puts his thoughts together? Can I ask a question? She's making my blood pressure again. So when I'm in the kitchen and I'm feeling flustered and Marlon comes in to help me, I should run him. No, leave me alone. Just let me do it. I'll figure it out. Okay. I just don't get it. I don't get what makes us happy anymore. When he tucks me into bed, I should tell him stop because I'm not a child. When he kisses me goodnight, I should say, what the heck are you doing? And if he turns off the light or if he says, shall turn the lights off or closes the door, um, I, be, should, I should be annoyed. We have different schedules. She has daddy issues. She has daddy issues. I'm so sorry. I have nothing She's positive annoyed. to say about them. I'm going to stay quiet. She's annoyed for everything this man Question though, does she doesn't want kids or he don't want kids? Are they both they, want it doesn't kids? they it says they it says they, they don't want to have kids but they have dogs or pets. Pets. And obviously the pets eat a lot because she has a lot of dishes. Okay, Rosolo, Sonette, <laughs> did you hear this did you hear the letter, Sonette? 
No, that's why I came okay. back to hear the letter. Read, read it again. Okay. Read it again. Yes. All right. Read it again. Uh, All right. It um, says. Um, go ahead, Ro. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, read the letter. Read uh, the letter. Uh, Wife begins. Okay. Gonna... I'm going to stay quiet. I think I'm going to let um, the ladies take this one over tonight. I don't really know what to say. I don't blame him. I don't blame you. Wife begins seeing husband more as a parent than a partner. My husband is 38 and I am 36. We have been together for 13 years, married for 11. We never wanted children, although we have some pets. Some pets. My problem is we've fallen into a parent-child relationship where I'm starting to feel like the child. He enables me to the point that I'm, that if I'm the least bit distressed, for example, doing dishes and getting frustrated because there are a lot, he takes over what I'm doing. He even tucks me into bed and kisses me goodnight, turns off the light and closes the door. Because of our work schedules, we sleep at different times. I find this strange. I've mentioned it to him before and it hurts his feelings. I love him dearly, but seeing him as my quote unquote parent is starting to make it hard for me to love him as my husband. I've asked him to go to therapy, but he is unwilling. I'm very blunt when it comes to saying things, and it generally triggers arguments. How can I tell him all this bothers me without starting a huge fight? What say you, Sinet? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this woman needs therapy. Oh, a therapist. I think she needs therapy, not him. That's what she that's what she's therapy. The woman needs therapy. Yeah. The, therapy. Yeah. Are you, they've I built know. that. They've done that to themselves over the last 15, uh, 13 years. They've built that relationship to be like that. And she, um, I think she's childish because he, would he parent her if she wasn't acting like she needed help so much? Huh. Or is he just, okay. Maybe he's a power person too, because like I know I've done it to my kid. If she's doing something too slow, I'm just like, get out of the way, let me do it, you know. Uh-huh. So like, is it that he's bossy like me and he wants it done and done right, or is she like, oh my god, I'm so tired of washing dishes? <laughs> and he's like, okay, babe, okay, honey, I'll do it for you. You know, I'm sorry, that Cali girl came out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sunny California. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. They're so nice though, those Southern Californians. Oh my gosh. So helpful. Anyway, um, but oh that's gross. I, I don't want to be married to my father. I, I listen, let me let me say it. I know how much you loved your father uh moments and you said it so many times on the show, I know it. I love my daddy too, but I did not want to marry him. And I don't think this woman deserves to be married to her husband, to her father. So they need to, they need a lot of counseling and a lot of conversations. All right. Yeah. Thank that's you. Where I'm at. Thank you so much. So let me jump to the chat real solo. Um, the man is, so Otada says the man is showing her love and affection. Javette, she wants love and affection. He doesn't know her love language. Dre said, Exactly. Believe her when she says he treats her like a child. He is probably controlling in other ways. Otada said, said you are right. They are on two different love languages. Tasha says, I'm confused. I'm trying to find the issue here. (laughs) Dre says, on the other hand, she probably can't be pleased. 
Tasha says she mm -hmm. needs to communicate that to him. He probably thinks he's doing something doing good. Something good. I, I agree. So let me throw in my two cents. Well, Chief, Chief was going to speak. So can okay, go ahead, Chief. Go ahead, Chief. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Moments. I'll, I'll me personally, ahead. I don't think I don't see a problem because I don't mind some. For me, this is me. I don't mind someone stepping in when I'm feeling flustered or frustrated. I don't mind it. It means you got my back. You're picking up the pieces for me. I don't mind you tucking me into bed. If I drop asleep and I'm not covered, I don't mind you covering me up and giving me that kiss. I don't mind that. If I fall asleep and the lights are on, I don't mind you turning them off for me and closing the door so I can have peace and quiet, so I can get my rest. Especially, we work different schedules. Mom and I work different schedules. We're on different schedules. We sleep at different times. When I'm up at 5 o'clock in the morning, he's still asleep until y'all see him pop up. And sometimes he pops up in coffee into it and he's still asleep. But I don't, I don't know. I don't find it strange. I don't find those things father-like. So I think there are some things missing from the story. What is it that's giving her the parent-like feeling? That's I don't get it. I don't see it, but... She don't. She don't want to be taken care of like that. She doesn't need that type of taken care of. I think Javette hit it on the head. She wants something else to put her to sleep, not a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> um, but if he's going to work, Sonette, if he's if, he <laughs> if he's going to work, he can go to work. Uh, go do a second shift at his job. First shift at home. Period. He can get a <laughs> he can get a quickie in, but I I honestly think that because I think that some people that work separately with different hours, they kind of lose um, the mindset that they need to find another way to connect. Because if not, they're just still just two ships passing in the night. Nice. And, she, and, and that's what she's feeling. It's like two ships passing in the night. So they need to like have a date night or something. Their love language is off. Totally. So okay. go, ahead. go ahead, Chief, so, and then I do the wrap up. So I think, Mom, so uh, no, Sunette, she's got this ability to Bluetooth me sometimes. But <laughs> Rose Solo, would you would you read the last sentence again? I'm very blunt when it comes to saying things, and it, it generally triggers arguments. That sentence. Okay, the, the, the sentence before that. Okay, I love him dearly, but seeing him as my parent is starting to make it hard for me to love him as my husband. I've asked him to go to therapy, that, but he is unwilling. No, it's the one about uh, t when she when he tucks her in. Oh, <laughs> okay. He <laughs> okay. Let me take it way back. Okay, hold on. He even tucks me into bed and kisses me goodnight. Turns off the light and closes the door because of okay, our work. Stop right there. That's okay, okay. That's good. That's good. All I needed was that sentence to realize, like, if we read between the lines, she's literally saying, I was ready for you. You didn't tuck me in, turned off the light and closed the door. You friend zoned me and I ain't getting none. Like, it's this That's relationship, you, you have friend zoned me. 
You have friend zoned me in this marriage. Okay, pause right there. Pause right there, Chief. We're going to come right back and wrap it up because let me just do the on air wrap up here because now this is really getting interesting. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right back, folks. Really interesting. to say thank you to everyone for coming to Days After Dark on Clubhouse. It was certainly a pleasure. Of course, this would not be possible without each one of you. Gotta give a big thank you to the co-hosts, Sanat Rosolo, Marlon, and Javette for joining me tonight. Tonight's episode of Days After Dark was streamed live on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, log on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Coming up tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, it's Coffee and Tow World News on the Go. Live on QMZRadio.com and JohnnoRadio.com. And of course, the conversation happens on Clubhouse. The Rosolo Show goes live at 7 p.m. Eastern on JohnnoRadio.com, QMZRadio.com, and ViscosityBlend.com. Thank you once again to all our listeners online from around the world, wherever you are. Hope you are doing well. And thank you again to everyone here on Clubhouse. This was a Moments With Me media production. Have a good night, everyone. Please get some rest and be safe, and I'll catch you next week. This is Moments With Me signing out of online radio. Can't survive, can't stay alive without your